on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode will talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be playing the Song of Time and talking about Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. We've survived the shipwreck and have arrived on the island. So, let's talk games. Yeah! Or whatever he says. Happy New Year, everyone! It's 2022! Happy New Year! I mean, we're not recording in 2022, but it's 2022! It's close enough. Maybe we are. Who knows? Timey-wimey stuff. (laughs) Hope everyone had a safe and happy holidays. Welcome to the new year. Hopefully more video games will come out this year because things were kind of delayed with the last couple of years and everything. Things are starting to pick up. So hopefully we'll have a lot of new fun things coming out in the coming year because that will be lots of fun. And we love video games. That'll totally help this podcast. Yeah, totally. Modern video games will definitely help this <laughs> podcast. It definitely well, will distract if, us. <laughs> more of the pixel remasters come out, I guess. Yes, please. please Although I guess swear. we're out of pixel remasters. Yes. Well, there should be one six we could use in theory. Yeah, that's true. But please, Square, more pixel remasters. There's one more pixel. <laughs> one more. Six. It's the only one we need. I will say Chris and Lisa got producer Kyle and I a wonderful gift where each of us got personalized t-shirts that show our uh, stats in video games. <laughs> I feel like I should be great offends at some of my stats that apparently... Just the one. My agility is uh, really low. It's accurate, <laughs> but insulting. It was either that or coordination would be really low. <laughs> Both are accurate. <laughs> we um, gave you good stats to make up for it. You did. You did. And and so, yeah. So our stat shirts are pretty awesome. You'll probably see us wear it on the stream at some point or another. But they, they are good. So I hope everyone had nice holidays. Got some fun gifts. We got nerdy gifts. No video games this year, but nerdy gifts nonetheless. Yeah, I didn't get any video games either. I was kind of... I had a few on my list. We got zero video games. Yeah. Zero. I mean, the other <laughs> gift the other gift, uh, Chris and producer Lisa got us was a disassembled Game Boy. So that is a system, I guess, but it's more for artwork than for use. Yes, yes. It's not, not very helpful. But yeah, so fun, nerdy stuff that just weren't actual games, which is kind of interesting. And the first time, I think, for either of us in a long time. In a long time, yeah. Does that mean we're actually adults now? I don't like it. I'm certainly not, because I went to a hardcore metal show and managed to hurt myself. Or I guess that means I am <laughs> an, means adult because, an adult. because <laughs> Because I can't do the things I used to do in my early 20s. Oh, we're uh, legitimately gave myself a minor leg injury. <laughs> Getting older is great, everybody. Back to retro games where we could pretend we're not old. Exactly. One of the best reasons to do this podcast. We can pretend <laughs> we're still young again. Stop talking about 30-year-old games. Stop, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. 
by remembering how young we were when we played these originally. Well, speaking of retro games and getting back to the podcast, I think it's time to get to our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! So this episode's video game trope of the day is... How long can I hold this? <laughs> That's correct, Chris. Today's video game trip today is the silent protagonist. <laughs> Does that make you an antagonist? Yes. No, it makes me an NPC. Because <laughs> I respond to Chris as if he was that's talking. Right. Because that's like, what this trope long, is all how long about. Can we, how long can we get away with that gag? <laughs> with a, with a song. Did you get away with it at all? Yes, damn it. <laughs> As Chris helpfully displayed there, <laughs> uh, our trope of the day is the silent protagonist, sometimes known as the heroic mime. I don't like that title, but it's <laughs> out there. this is when your lead character doesn't have dialogue. Your hero doesn't talk. The big reason a lot of developers used to do this was so that they felt more like a player surrogate and so you could place yourself in their shoes it's your oh, thoughts yeah. your words would be what they're saying so they mm. don't say anything in game in more modern iterations even in old school iterations they've kind of made it a joke that oftentimes they will play off of like why aren't you saying anything say something or they act like they're having full conversations despite the fact that nothing is actually said right uh, and it can be very comedic at times so perfect examples of this of course link from all of the zelda games is notorious for this Yep. He makes his yeah, yeah. I can't make the noise. Yeah, yeah. Except the weird uh, was that Sega CGI? No, what was that? Oh, uh, the Se- the Sega um uh CDI or C- yeah something like that. Yeah, it was awful, and he did speak in that. But we don't talk about those games <laughs> or the cartoon. Well, excuse me, princess. No, that's from the game. That's really Was that the game? game? <laughs> that's the game. He also like sexually harasses Zelda in the game. It's uh, really and that's why he's better off silent. Better silent. <laughs> uh, notoriously silent in all of the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never and uh, most of the NPCs react like he's talking, uh, but he never says a word. Even in yeah. the most modern games, you only th- when we talk about silent protagonists, this doesn't include those, as we're saying, the noises that they make, those right. grunts and falls and stuff. That is not counted. It's actually conversation they won't have. Mm-hmm. You see it in Jack and Daxter, the first one, at which they made a joke of the whole, you know, speak to me, say something. Yeah. And then when he does in the second one, it's it's a shock. Amazing shock. And and that was they cut him off multiple times. So that's again the implication. Yeah. It's not that these. It's not that these characters can't speak at all. It's that they can, and either we aren't hearing it or whatever reason they're not talking. So like in Jack Daxter, Daxter cuts Jack off multiple times when he's about to say something. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's funny. Um, Mario is another, of course, example. Nintendo has this. You, where you, he says, it's a me, Mario, but that's about yeah. it. But then in games like Mario RPG, they play on it, and he mimes everything. He literally doesn't talk. He just mimes his way through things, which is yeah. hilarious. Well, and they make jokes multiple times, like, oh, the strong silent type, huh? The Stuff acknowledging like that. it is great. Yeah. Gordon Freeman, obviously, silent protagonist. From Half-Life? From Half-Life, yes. Thank you, Katie, because I was just waiting for him to tell me. <laughs> uh, and, of course, um, they love, oh, God, what is the company name? Valve. Valve. I was thinking Steam. I'm like, no, that's not Steam. It's Yeah, close enough. 
Uh, Valve loves to do this because, of course, Chell from Portal also is silent. Yep. Although not in Left 4 Dead. In Left 4 Dead, the other characters won't shut the heck up. That's true. <laughs> that is very Or Team true. Fortress, too. Although well, that's players making those noises. Yes. <laughs> it's a little different in Team Fortress, too. But yeah, so it, it's pretty common. A lot of um, old school first person shooters would do this. Again, it's to make the player feel more, the player surrogate. They want you to be able to be that character so they can't have a voice. That's not all always true, of course. Many protagonists are voiced, but it wasn't uncommon for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's that like stoicism, stuff like that. So in in fact, uh, a funny kind of name when we're going back to our game of the episode and Link in particular, Link is actually named Link. They chose that name for him as his name because he is meant to be the player to link to the game and story. He is not developed as his own character. He is literally the link for the player to the story. That's why he's (laughs) called Link. Sure. Why not? Let's give extra meaning to something that doesn't need meaning. Yeah, well. Do you see this in in other mediums? Like, sometimes you do. It's obviously harder in, in other mediums. Yeah, you'll see it joked in, like, webcomics and stuff, but it's more of a play mm-hmm. on video game characters, I've noticed, than anything yeah. else. Uh, the only pop culture reference we could think of is in The Shape of Water. Both main characters don't speak, but that is because they Fair. can't. They're mute. And that's right. a little different. Silent protagonists aren't mute necessarily. A lot of times they are quote unquote speaking because NPCs yeah. will react as if they're speaking, but we don't hear it and there's no dialogue boxes. So I don't I don't quite equate that, but that's about the closest we could figure out pop culture wise. There's hardcore Henry, but that is also supposed to be a toss to video games in general. So oh, that's a good call. Yeah, because like I feel like the camera nods and stuff like that too yeah, exactly. during the movie. Exactly, but that's you know interesting, and it's a fun play that they could do it. And you see, it's really common in a joke sense nowadays mm-hmm. more than a serious sense. So, silent hero protagonist isn't completely unusual. It's it's less common than it used to be. That's why the silent protagonist is today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the the worst. <laughs> Not gonna let it last this what time. What you think you're the protagonist of this situation? Because he's. I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it is time to talk about our game of the episode, Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Game Boy. Link's Awakening was originally published in 1993. It came out again in 1998 for the Game Boy Color, and this was called Link's Awakening DX which is the one that we played as kids. And we definitely called this in the rose-tinted segment. Either that or we looked it up because we were trying to place where we played it as mm-hmm. kids. And and we pretty much nailed that. Yep. They did make another remake for the Switch, which is what I played primarily this time around. That was published in 2019 by Grezzo. Like many of the games we cover on this podcast, because apparently we had great taste as kids, <laughs> the critics loved it. It Game rankings aggregate scores for the game were a 90% on the original Game Boy version and a 91% on the Game Boy Color version of the game. Uh, 
It was the same game. Minus it had one. an extra dungeon, and it had one, an of, extra one dungeon. of the biggest critiques against the original game was actually that the color scheme was too hard to see things. That's fair. Because of all the gradient. So, to be fair, adding the colors was a huge help in that sense. Interestingly, I we, we like to pull quotes from game critics on this. I found a Washington Post quote about this, which is wow. kind of amazing to me. The Washington Post's Chip Carter declared that Nintendo had created... A legend that fits in the palm of your hand. <laughs> nice. I just love that quote. And praised for its portability and depth. For the color version of the game, IGN actually gave it a perfect 10 out of 10 and noted that throughout the color enhanced version of Zelda DX, it can easily be inferred that Nintendo has reworked its magic to fit new standards. Basically, they added new content while keeping the game true to what it was. Yeah. And he loved that they did that, and I think that is very accurate. And so it was, it was, everyone loved this game. Genuinely, it was a revelation for a lot of people. It was the first Zelda game on a handheld device. Mm-hmm. So it was the fact to bring such a massive game into a smaller scale and do it well was huge for Nintendo in general. Yeah. It, it started as like kind of an unsanctioned side project with a lot of the... the the Nintendo and Zelda folks. They were just kind of... I think the one guy had just, like, his Game Boy development kit and just started playing around and ended up pulling in some other staff members. I think they called it, like, an after-hours... Oh, after-school club is what they called it, in quotes, to just kind of hang out and and develop this game. And eventually, because at some point they wanted to just do a port of Link to the Past... Which was the previous game. ...on the Game Boy... Which is the previous game, which I did not know, even if you alluded to that in the Rose section. I did. I very much did. I know. I listened to that again, and I was just like, oh, well, Katie knew that. I am just a dummy, apparently. <laughs> it, it makes a whole lot of comments I had later that we'll go over later. It, it gives them a lot more context. <laughs> So interestingly, because of this, the way the development started kind of as a side project, Shigeru Miyamoto, of course, the head of everything Nintendo, let's not kid ourselves. He Uh actually was only a producer on this game. He wasn't directly involved in the making of this game, but he added some creative input and was a game tester, which I love. That's amazing. He's like, I will test this game for you. (laughs) And he, of course, his opinions were Yes. were held very highly, and he definitely influenced a lot of the second half of the development of the game. But I love that he's like, okay, well, I will test the game for you and tell you how crap it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also explains why we saw stuff like Goombas and like a Yoshi doll, a Peach doll, a Kirby was in it. There's so all... many references in this yeah. game more than any other Zelda game that I can think of. And I think it's because they were just pulling assets they had available to them and yeah. it was just easier. And so these were quote unquote unauthorized at first. They didn't get permission. They were just throwing it in there and they got to keep it, which is, I mean, Nintendo owns it all. So it's fine. Yeah. But it's kind of hilarious. They're just like, let's throw this random stuff in there. I love when I told producer Lisa about that. I was like, yeah, the part with the Goombas, she was like, wait, what, what, why, why are they there? And yeah. the answer was pretty much, Ooh, for fun. <laughs> just because. I, I just love that they're like, because they had the asset available, yeah. basically. <laughs> the other fun fact I love is that with the dungeons, with the exception of one of them, which is called the Eagle's Tower, every dungeon mm-hmm. is a picture of an object. They try to make them look like objects, which is fascinating. When Did not of... even notice this. Yeah, it's turtle, great art. 
Turtle Cave was the only one. Yeah. And then I looked back and I was like, all right, like the the bottle shrine, sure. Some of the other ones are a stretch, but I guess there's only so much you can do on on the hardware. It's all radar and it's all hardware, but it's still, it's it's, the fact they put that much thought that they tried even is, is, it shows how much, even though this was for a side project for some of them at first, they did dedicate a full team to this after a while, all of whom, not all, most of whom had actually worked on Link to the Past, so they were very mm-hmm. familiar with Zelda. But they clearly cared a lot about this game, and they wanted it to be just as immersive and just as entertaining as the console version of games. And that's yeah. why they put so much into this, because even though it was supposed to be a portable version, they really wanted it to feel like a full experience of a game. And I did dig up my old my old Game Boy. Yes, did turn I remember <laughs> it... Uh, apparently at some point i know it worked at some point but then i looked and the battery leads are all corroded oh no like i tried to clean them out a little bit and turn it on and it looks rough like i don't know if the cartridge is going but it it looks rough which makes me kind of sad that's that is very sad that means you just need to give me the cartridges and i can see if mine works <laughs> maybe uh but yeah so that is kind of awesome so with all that information, I think we're ready to play our Chiacarina of Time. I wonder where we got that name from. Hey! So let's play that Chiacarina of Time, go back to the past, and see what we thought before we had a chance to play the game again. Let's go! So that music means we are into the past. We haven't linked to the past. That's a different game. But we are in the past talking about Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. So we're going to talk about this game before we play it again. I will say that when this came out on the Switch, I did buy it and played through about three quarters of it. So... I'm slightly more recently... You cheated. ...in the in loop. Yes. Well, I mean, I love this game. Your so time jump isn't as long. The time jump isn't as long. It has been a couple years. Like two but years, probably. Yes. Well, because I remember playing it on the deck of this house, which we've only been in for two and a half years. Yeah. So... Well, I remember, I think, I want to say you got it early in the pandemic, and then we decided to do the podcast, and you're like, I guess I should stop playing this so we could do it for the podcast. Yeah... So this was it was pre podcast days to be fair. Yes, it was it was pre podcast. I don't even think it was pandemic. Oh, the before times. Well. So what do you, what do you remember about Link's Awakening? So this game always stands out to me because it's the first full Legend of Zelda game I think I remember playing just in yeah. general. I it we got it for our Game Boys. We had to share it. We only had one cartridge between the two of us. Right. And so we had to share the game. But it, it's, I want to say the first Zelda I completed by myself. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, I might have played some of the earlier ones here or there, but it's the first one we owned for sure. And, yeah. And so it it always stands out to me because of that. And so it's, it's one of my first memories of The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, because we had played Link to the Past, I'm sure, at, at the beach or, or at, at friends', friend's houses. House. No, but this was pre-beach. Was it? When did the game... Because we had it for the Game we, Boy Color. Yeah, we should say we that. Col- we had it... We got the color version. 
Yes, we had the Game Boy Color version, but we got those when we were in like elementary school. No, it wasn't that. Yes, late, because was it? yes, because yeah, no, because I remember mom and dad specifically got it for us before we did our second big Disney trip because we drove oh. down, and so specifically we had them on the trip, and I got motion sick. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I was in like seventh grade for that. Trip. Okay, so so then I yes, because I was in fifth. Right. So elementary school math, for me. Chris, do the math. To be fair, I, I said mean, elementary school for both of us, so that. Yeah. So yeah, so but that, it, but it was pre-beach, is my point. It was, it was. I think. No, we. I we, mean, we had been going. We had been going to the beach for long pre- before that. Playing video games at the beach. No, disagree. But that Chris, is an aside point. We didn't start bringing friends to the beach until high school. But we still brought Nintendo when we yeah, played no Top Gun. When oh. we played Top Gun at the beach, that was Matt Williams. Oh, I forgot Matt brought games. Yeah, we had been playing, and I'm oh, sure they I might remember, have brought a Super Nintendo. I'm sure, because sure, I remember we used to play NHL 94. Yeah. Because <laughs> I never knew what icing was. <laughs> because I was bad, and so I'd just chuck the puck down the ice, and it'd be like, icing. I'm like, why am I in trouble? What I don't understand. What's, what's the problem with just... Dumping, dumping, in soccer, it's fine. Just clear exactly. the ball. Clear What's the, the problem ball. here? That's a different game for a different Yes. Game. <laughs> so so I, I think, I know you're right. I think this was pre-second Disney trip, which yeah. we could lock down the timing and producer Lisa would know because I'm pretty sure Animal Kingdom was brand practically brand new. So 98. So 98. Yeah. It so was spring of 98, eighth, which would have been... No, yeah. no, it would have been 7th grade because you go in, yeah. in the falls. Yeah, so you're right. Correct. It's 5th grade for me, 7th yeah. grade for you. So, the point is, this is our earliest, my earliest Zelda yeah. memory. It's probably your... Like, genuine. I'm sure, like, we've seen it in passing. I don't think we'd played yeah. it before then. But this is the first... Which is so funny when I've, I've gone back and thought about it is, like, the first Legend of Zelda game I played didn't have Zelda. Not only the fact that Zelda's not the lead. Right? But it didn't have <laughs> Zelda at all. This game no. doesn't have Zelda. And so I always find that really funny. <laughs> I must have played others, other Zelda games before this, because I remember some of the items working slightly differently in this game than they did. Like uh, like uh, the, the shoes, the Pegasus boots. Mm-hmm. Always no. In this game, you had to equip them. Yes. And in like Link to the Past, they were always there. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely nuances to this game that changed. I mean, they added a whole dungeon in the version we played again because we got the Game Boy Color version. So they added the color it was, dungeon. It was the color dungeon where and you literally was... needed to be able to see colors to be able to to do some of the puzzles. It was cool. And you I got really... you got a uh, you got armor out yeah. of that. And I just remember being so, like, impressed. You had to pick one or the other, I believe. You could only yeah. pick, like, the red or the blue. And it, one boosted your defense, one boosted your offense, I want to say. The blue boosted your defense, which was because they had, like, the Guardian Acorn. Yes, was yes. The, So it was a permanent defense boost. So, like, half damage versus, like, the, the Shard of Power or something like that. And that was the red shirt that that means you could literally like knock things across the board and do double damage. Yeah, that's and I always I always picked the I always picked red. I'm not going to lie. It's funny cuz I always picked blue. <laughs> Which fits our like, personalities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is very true. Which is also uh, kind of ironic because as a pivot, 
I'm pretty sure I had Pokemon Red and oh, you had and Pokemon I had blue. blue. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there, there are those fun little factoids that will likely come up again because eventually we'll yeah. play Pokemon. So, so how much of this game do you remember, other than uh, the color dungeon and I? Marin yeah. is the girl. Marin. Marin? Oh, I'd forgotten a name. I think, Mar- yeah, Marin or Marin, uh, yeah. whatever. Uh, I we remember, all know I'm bad with pronouncing names. I remember the ending that the dream whale hatches out of an egg. The, I remember the nihilistic, nihilistic ending. It's dark. <laughs> As a kid, it was like, wait, we're forgetting it's everything like, and the whole island's oh, disappearing? no. <laughs> what? And uh, they all know that? Spoilers. Yeah, it's dark. Again. Yeah, like because Marin like acknowledges it. Yeah, she like says goodbye to yeah. him. Like, like I love. Are you. we in a dream? Am I going to exist when you wake up from the dream? It's like, and as you know, like a, a fifth and or seventh grader, it's just like, yeah, whatever. And now it's just like, oh god. Yeah, and the best part is she's she's having basically an existential crisis, and Link ever Link says nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, I remember the little things, but this is also where it starts to merge of, like, I, I mean, I remember the Master Sword and being able to shoot, when you had full health, being able to shoot the Master Sword, like, I yeah. think you could do that in this game. Yes, um, it looked different. It did look different. It was it was just like a, a, like a flashy sword instead of in, like, uh, Link to the Past, where it was, like, the three stars in a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It was just a flashing sword. That was you know, a Again, thing. it was on a Game Boy. Right. Keep in mind, it was on the Game Boy, so it had limitations yeah. in that sense. But you know, it had all the basics—the the, the smashing of the pots. I wanna, yeah. I mean, I remember pieces. I don't. I I think I remember bosses, but this is where it starts merging with other Zelda games. I feel like a lot of the bosses were very. They a lot of the stuff between this and Link to the Past were I very like, similar. I think they I feel like they had they had like the the centipede yeah. or like that you hit the tail worm off. boss with the, the tail. Yeah. yeah. I know. And, and I think I, from was, that I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. I want to say it was slightly on purpose cuz the whole idea is this is in memories and in dreams yeah. of Link and so it's him reliving not every single dungeon but like you could see why there were certain parallels is probably yeah. where they justified it. I, you know, I just remember playing it a lot and really enjoying the game. I remember staying up late playing this on the Game Boy and then waking up and then just grabbing the Game Boy and playing it again. And playing it at night was always rough because Game Boy Color did not have a backlight. I was going to say, these so weren't you're just backlit. trying to use... Yeah, you're trying to use whatever light you had, or if you're in the car, trying to, oh. like, play it in, like, street lights for, like, two seconds thinking, at I a time. I yeah. street lights are passing through the window <laughs> and you play it. Oh, God. Back in our day, kids, yeah, that's right. rough. <laughs> well, you remember when, when Game Boys had peripherals? Because I remember there was, like, the little side quest where you got a camera, I think, and had to capture... You would go to certain points and get, like, a picture taken, and you could print them on the Game Boy printer or whatever. You could print them on the Game Boy printer. Well, I was just thinking when you said peripherals that because it wasn't backlit, there was a battery-powered attachment that you could slide onto the top that lit up the screen. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And had, like, a magnifying glass on it, too. Yeah. I just remember my Game Boy Color was because they were we got Game Boy Colors like right when they came out. I went, it was yeah. very new, 
because there were only two colors. There was yeah. filled in purple, which I got, and clear purple, which and you clear got. purple, which I I literally pulled out maybe a couple of years ago. I and, have it. And played it. I still have it. it I still think works. you have you have Link's Awake. I have, have most of the games. I yeah. think I have my Pokemon, and that's it. Yeah. I remember most of the items were were fairly bog standard Zelda yeah, items. Yeah, like the the grappling hook. That's not the right name for it, but the come on hook shot. Hook shot. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> boomerang. Boomerang was a fetch quest. I want to say to get the boomerang. Yeah, was that one of those right. like exchange this item for that for that yes, for that for that for that for that. For that, for that. For yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was the boomerang. The, you know, bow and arrow. You still had fairies you yeah. were catching a bottle, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they had to get a couple bottles. I think I remember something that I don't know if it has been repeated in other games. You could sort of combine some of the items. So, like, uh, bow and arrow and bomb. You could shoot a bomb, essentially. You say that, and that now sounds vaguely familiar, but I didn't yeah. remember that. Like, Or, like, the Pegasus boots and the jumping flower, so you could jump a long distance, yes. stuff like that. Like, and that was, there and were that's, combos I think, why of those that items. these were equipable as opposed to just automatic. Yeah. It was part I of remember that the, aspect the, of it. The magic wand being super OP. Like, yeah. you got it late game, but, like, it didn't require any magic powder and could just light everything on fire. Fire. Yeah. As you do. Yeah, I, yeah, as, I, yeah, I should do. I can't remember if in this game the chickens attack you or not. I, that might be I'm a link a, to the uh, They have to. I'm pretty sure they do. I think that's a staple in all of them. I don't know. Everyone that I've remembered playing. Yeah, this is, again, because I have not played it since we were kids. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of my more recent Zelda memories might be merging with this a bit as well. That's fair. And so I'm really excited to play this game again. Yeah, I remember loving the music. Oh like, yeah, I mean, the music the was I very would turn the music uh, up on. Yeah, and like because uh, after you beat every boss, you got another instrument. That's that right. Because that's what you the would song wake, of the windfish, and that's how you would wake the windfish, which is yeah. a giant whale in the sky. Yeah, a giant whale with like tiny wings or something like that. Did it have wings? I thought it just really it had it had like tiny tiny wings. I thought it was just a space whale. <laughs> We're going back to the space whale again. That's right. Space whales everywhere. I just remember, yeah, because like, you kept seeing the egg at the top of the mountain. And I remember yeah. as a kid when it first, like when I beat the game and it hatched, not yeah. expecting a giant whale to appear. Nope. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Like you knew the song. Because you could, you learn the song of the wind fish or whatever super early in the game. Well, and then every instrument plays on the ocarina. Its piece. Yeah. yeah, and it, and they had the. I, I want to say they had the same thing as they did in Link to the Past, where you could like wake up the chicken, the one oh, chicken that could like that. carry you, carry you. I think. I don't remember that. Yeah. Again, I did play this a couple of years ago, but like when I played it, it was just running through like everything was as i remembered it I don't know, uh, it's yeah I, it yeah. is it's a great game it is and it's not super long i feel like compared to link to the past no those are much more, i mean any again other zelda game you have to consider it was this game boy it was yeah. a game boy game I, I don't know if it was the first portable zelda game it has to be up there 
I don't know if yeah. anything came out before. So I know they la- they had a bunch that came out on Game Boy Color slash Game Boy in general because they had the Song of Seasons and Song of Time. That those were the paired ones. All that stuff was on like. But that, all was, that stuff all... was on like Game Boy Advance uh, or. Yeah, I think some were Game Boy, the but they DS. all. I want to say they came out later. I, I, I yeah. this has to be one of the first portable Zelda games, and. Uh, that you have to take that's why it is so much shorter that's why everything yeah. is condensed is it, ha- it it memory was an issue <laughs> yeah the cartridges didn't hold that much necessarily oh oh i remember there was the shop and you could buy the items or you could literally walk out like they wouldn't let you walk out but if you like walked around was that the this one? i thought that was linked to the past where if you where no, if you run around him enough one. where you run around him enough times that he spins around and then the next time you come in the shop he electrocutes you. Yeah, he electrocutes you and kills you and then literally for the rest of the game they call you thief instead yeah. of whatever name. I but think I'm, that's this one. You might be right. I think you are right now that you say that because I remember yeah. being like, "What happens when you steal?" Mistake. I'm glad I didn't save. <laughs> Don't save that. So I think that's a, a good capture of what we remember. I I know I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Katie, what is your rose-tinted score for this game? It has to be a nine. It has to. I yeah. loved this game. I, I really remember everything about it being great. I remember it was one of the games we fought over in the sense of, no, it's my turn to play. Yeah. Like yeah. it was what, because it was one we didn't, you know, with Pokemon, we each we, had our own We version. only had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, we only had one version of this. And I remember distinctly being like, well, this, <laughs> in, in, tomorrow it's my turn. Like, it, right. We really, I really loved this game. So it has to be a nine. What about you, Chris? What's your rose tinted score? I'm, I'm definitely a nine, if not a nine and a half, but I'll definitely go a nine. I know, I feel like the, the second-to-last dungeon was a pain in the butt. Sure, it's a Zelda. Zelda has the one. Yeah, dungeon. it just has that one level. But overall, it's got to be a 9. I love this game. I, I love playing, again, where, when when the remake came out, I immediately bought it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's your predicted score when you play this again? I think it's going to be... An eight. I I want to say nostalgia is going to push me through this. That I'm going to really love mm-hmm. it. But there's, it's been the the whole series has been so modernized, and you've had huge games that have come after out afterwards. But I just think nostalgia will be a huge factor, and I just think the simplicity in this sense will really benefit the game. That just being a simple, yeah. straightforward game will be beneficial. It's going to come down a little bit because you know there are later games that are definitely outperformed it. But an eight, a solid eight. I, I have a feeling I'm still going to love this game. Uh, yours is, again, a little bit cheaty on, yeah. the, on the score here, but what is your predicted score? But it might be cheaty, but at the same time, does that take away some of the nostalgia factor? Because I played True. again slightly. It's been a couple of years, but honestly, I I think it's going to be an eight and a half or a nine. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go on record and say it's going to be a nine again. Because while I think it might be slightly simpler than some of the new games, I think some of the newer Zelda games got too complicated, honestly. Then there was just too much. I think it filled its niche and will also fill its niche for what it is again and still be a good game. Yeah. Objectively. Even if it's 25 years old. 
Yeah, I kind of love that they released it on the Switch when they finally did a remake of it because it's still portable in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just love the idea of it continuing to be portable uh, because it's what it always was and kind of what how it's meant to be. So we regard this game quite well. Nines for both of us, rose-tinted scores, an eight and a nine for the predicted scores. I, I, I want to play this game again. I loved it. So I'm, I, I'm I, so excited to play it again. We are going to be playing the Switch remake, which is a graphical update as far as I could tell. So and they haven't changed anything, I don't think. And I, I am going to play maybe some of the Switch, but I'm getting a handheld version. They, uh, Nintendo is releasing a game and watch that has the first. Oh, that's right. The first two Zelda games, as well as uh, Link's Awakening. And I am looking forward to playing it. That's going to be so slightly I, harder to stream. I don't know if I'm going to be. That's why I'll probably stream a little <laughs> bit on the Switch, but I won't be streaming that version. But I'm really excited. It should be lots of fun. So let's go back to the present where we've actually played and are probably going to gush about this game. Yes, let's do it. So we are back from the past. We have played the game. Katie, what can you tell me about the plot of Link's Awakening? Sorry, is Zelda Link's Awakening, since you chided me in Legend the Rose segment for that. Legend, Legend of Zelda. Not long after A Link to the Past, our silent protagonist Link is on a ship. It gets in a nasty storm. It shipwrecks. He ends up on a beach, and a girl, Marin, finds him and brings her to his home. He wakes up and is like, where am I? Without words. Her home. <laughs> and what did I say? His home. Oh. She brings him to her home and her and her father. And so your hero wakes up, asks where he is. He doesn't because he's silent, but she knows he's asking where she is. <laughs> and so she explains to him that he's on this island and that no one else is there. He's the first person to ever come to the island who's not originally from the island. And she definitely wants to get in his pants pretty much the whole time. <laughs> Or talk to him because he's from the outside world. Or get into his pants, I guess. He is the only male she has never seen before, so she's like, <laughs> hey, I'm a lady. He's like the only male on the island that's not a child or an animal. Or, or an old father. person. Or her father. This is all true. So... <laughs> He is reasonably her age, so let's get that. <laughs> Close enough. So, he wanders to the shipwreck to get his sword and shield back, which Link manages to do. And while there, an owl comes down, and he is our friendly guide for the rest of the game. And he Exposition tells us, owl! Exposition owl, and he tells us we need to awaken the dreamer, a.k.a. the windfish. And that will allow us to go home. And he doesn't have any further explanation than that, just... Wake up the windfish and do this That's by right. going through dangerous dungeons where you might die. Because the monsters are going crazy. Because ever since you got here, the monsters have gone cray cray. So we go, we proceed in a very standard Zelda way where we go through each dungeon, picking up new weapons in each dungeon, which are, of course, that new weapon is crucial to beating that particular dungeon. Mm -hmm. As we move through, all of the bad guys are talking to us and saying, 
if you awaken the windfish, you're going to make everyone disappear. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Don't <laughs> do it. Like, we're going to go away if you awaken him. Stop it. They start to become very less subtle towards the end of the oh, game. Oh, very not subtle towards the end of the game. <laughs> They're just like, stop. We are dreams. Don't do this. What do you think will happen to all of us? Including your friend, Marin. Yeah. Mm. And and they are not subtle at all, but hey, no. tough luck. We do it anyway. <laughs> so Link proceeds to go up to the giant Yoshi egg, because let's not kid ourselves. It's a giant Yoshi egg. It's a pink Yoshi egg. It's a pink Yoshi egg. He plays the song of the the ballad of the wind fish that he learned from yes. Aaron. Each dungeon, while we do get a weapon, we also the final object we get in each dungeon is a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. And so you needed all those instruments to awaken the wind fish. We play the song of the wind fish, awaken the wind fish, beat the final monster of that egg dungeon, and then we awaken the wind fish who's like, Yep, he's a giant whale with teeny teeny wings and is like, Yeah, it was all a dream. Thanks for waking me up. Say goodbye. Deuces. <laughs> and just leaves. And you have to say goodbye as you destroy the whole island and all the people you know in there pretty much not die, cease to exist. And you're still stranded in the middle of the ocean oh. on a wrecked ship. Yeah, it ends with you stranded <laughs> on your wrecked ship. So real helpful. Thanks, Windfish. So so we definitely called pretty much this entire plot in the Rose section. It's pretty memorable. The, just how crazy it is and how much I didn't even think about it as a kid. Where Did not realize play through the, it again, it's like, oh, God. The existential crisis yeah. you really should be going through in this game. That's, yeah, I was gonna say, the existential crisis and the nihilism of it all. Nothing is real. Nothing. This is one of the only Zelda games to take place not in Hyrule or any form of Hyrule. Yeah. Sometimes you eventually find Hyrule, depending on the game. But also one of the only games that doesn't have Zelda. She is mentioned at one point, but she is never present in the game. Yeah, I think it's when when Marin wakes you up and you're you like, like call her. You call her Zelda. She's yeah, well, like, yeah. no, I'm not Zelda. I'm Marin. Marin, whatever her name is, she's irrelevant because she's a dream. <laughs> Who's this Zelda girl? Should I be worried about her? I mean, pretty much. Jeebus. Let me check your texts. What? <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, God. (laughs) We've dwelled deep. Dwelled? Dwelled. Shush, you. (laughs) Let me have words. So. It's it's Marin and Tarin. Yes, Marin and Tarin is her father, who kind of looks like Mario. Apparently, they based his sprite on Mario. Uh, It wouldn't even surprise me. With the big gnomes and stuff. Yeah. So, again, we played the Game Boy Color version, which is Mm -hmm. DX. Uh, they actually added an extra dungeon in the DX version that was the color dungeon. And so you couldn't actually have played it on a non-color Game Boy because mm-hmm. you needed the colors to beat certain things. And your reward at the end was something you don't get in the original game, which is either a blue tunic, which was defense, or a red tunic, which is offense. You had to pick one. Yep. Unsurprising, and I think we mentioned this in the rose section, I always picked red for offense. Yes, and I always picked blue. <laughs> Shocked. Shocked. I know. Well, part of that is you could get you could get an upgraded sword. Yes. If you collected enough secret seashells, which I totally forgot about. I knew I needed to collect the seashells. I didn't remember why. That's fair. Well, you didn't mention it. 
No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I knew I needed the seashells. I didn't. Well, as soon as I started playing, I was like, right, seashells. What do the, I thought, I actually thought that I was going to get the last piece of a heart from the seashells. Oh, and yeah. And you got the sword, which, fair enough. Well, you don't even get it. You get, like, the sword. Well, I guess, okay, so this is one thing in the Switch version, and we'll dive into this in a little bit more depth in a little bit. The Switch version added a bunch more seashells. So it was many like more seashells. 50. Or something like ridiculous, like in the original game. oh my god! And I think you need forty to get the upgraded sword, which does double damage and shoots things. It, when we, you have full, we remembered health, when you, you have full shoot. health, it shoots things, which we remembered. Mm-hmm. Did not remember it being double powered. No, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, there's some other changes with the Switch game, not to the DX game. So in the original Game Boy game, you have two button slots for weapons and everything. So you have A and B. Mm -hmm. So you had to manage what weapon you had available to you. And this includes your non-standard weapons like the feather to jump high or the power Mm -hmm. bracelet or the grappling hook. These were things you had that were part of your weapons. You only had two slots. On the Switch, Chris cheated and got more. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've got more buttons. That's what I was was trying to remember. It's like, yeah, there's only... There's only two buttons on the Game Boy, so you've got to map everything to those two buttons. Yes, and so it is a negotiation at times of like mid-battle yeah. sometimes having to switch what weapon you have. So I played this game, so while Chris played it on the Switch, he played the remake on the Switch, I actually, the Nintendo recently released a Game & Watch of Zelda, Legend of Zelda, and it's a little handheld system that is preloaded with three different games, well, four games, but three full games, which mm-hmm. is the original Legend of Zelda, Legend of Zelda 2, and a, and Link's Awakening. There's also little mini games in there as well. So right. I played the whole system on a handheld that only <laughs> had the originals. And it was, the, it was kind of interesting because I was playing the original game as opposed to the DX version, which is what I was familiar with. It's pretty right. much the same thing, but they were a little like, again, not having the color dungeon. I was like, oh, there's one less thing for me to do. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I played it. So I only had two weapon slots and there was negotiation of, oh God, I need to both jump and hit things and bomb this right now. Yeah. Hmm. Or like, switch, yeah, switch, switch, it's, switch. it's it was definitely one of those like, oh, this is way. I mean, I don't think I remember it being a huge. It's it adds a little bit of challenge, but I feel like at some point, especially when you're negotiating the world, it's more you of a convenience. It. It's yeah. more of a convenience factor too. Exactly. Yeah. So so the which I don't understand. There was no reason why you couldn't have the. Oh no, no, that's just kidding. Because the pickup was a different button than the other two, so that's why your power bracelet was was had to be equipable. Yes. So yeah, that was it. It definitely was a lot easier to just negotiate the world, if nothing else, when you could hit one button to dash, another one to pick up. Sword and shield were mapped to separate buttons, and then you still had two buttons left over for so whatever unfair. equipable. <laughs> so unfair, because. One of the easiest times I had negotiating the world for the Mahansi, again, because there are a lot of places where there's a rock and then a thing you have to jump over, and it could be a simple jump where you only need the feather, or it could be a long jump where you need to run and then use the feather. And the easiest time I ever had was, at one point, there's a rooster you awaken from death. Uh That's a thing you do in this game. You bring something back. 
I remember that. Yes. You bring a rooster back from the dead, but he can fly. And so you can use your power bracelet to pick him up and he carries you around. And that was the most convenient getting around because I only (laughs) had to use him. I didn't have to have the feather. I didn't have to have the running boots. I was like, Mm -hmm. fly me, rooster. Yay. It was glorious. So that was part of it. Again, the limiting, that was a big mechanic was for the original game, at least limiting what weapons you have. But if you're unfamiliar with Zelda games, Every dungeon, you earn a new weapon, pretty much, or you need a new weapon. Sometimes you had to buy one. Like, there were a couple dungeons where, like, you had to buy yeah. the bow and arrow. And you could get by without it, kind of, but you really needed to buy it. Uh, there was a couple bosses where you I needed think, actually, arrows. Actually, I think the ancient temple, you did need the arrows. Yeah. Um, and so they, ha- they tell you that, yes, in fairness. They do. So so you had to do either earn or buy these weapons in order to get past each dungeon. And you can use them in other dungeons, but they were normally featured. It was You had to have these items to get past yeah. certain areas. Again, in this game, it had a lot of the standards. Your bow and arrow, your bombs, your sword, your shield, your power hook, your power bracelets, uh, feather to jump, boomerang. You know, a lot of standard Zelda weapons. A lot of standard, you know, adventure game weapons, to be fair. Hookshot. Hookshot, sorry. sorry. I was like, power hook? I said that weird. I know. I, got, I was getting the power bracelets and, and the hookshot. Yeah. You also wrote hook. grappling hook in the notes I again. I know, I'm fixing it. <laughs> gone forever. Magic powder was there, yeah. which was, you know, light up torches. Make light fire. things on fire and also make the uh terror's itch yeah. yes that was very important yeah you needed these items to advance not only to beat the dungeon but to get to the next dungeon that's yeah. kind of how they walled it off exactly without being super obvious you know from looking at the map yeah is you couldn't you just couldn't get to certain areas without certain yeah. weapons uh the only optional ones were the was the boomerang really yeah uh, because you had to trade to get it um so there was a shovel that you could buy and the shovel was huge because you could dig stuff up and you actually needed that to find quite a few shells around the world this yes um as well as it was a great way of farming hearts and rupees yep but then you could trade you had to trade one of your accessories they call them accessories i keep calling them weapons they're called accessories in the game yeah uh you had to trade one of them for uh, the boomerang and almost everything recommends you trade the shovel which means you have to be done essentially finding seashells so it's so if you're not though you can actually trade the boomerang back for the seashell for the shovel you can it's a pain but you can do it so it just it you know standard different methods of getting around the world it gets easier mm-hmm. as you go it's easier to navigate the world when you have all these different weapons and all these different accessories to get around the map is really, there's a map you can use and they do the whole blackout square until you visit it. But there is a map yep. available in the local library that you can use to look at that isn't blacked out, which is super nice. Right. It, this was a game, a lot of it I started playing and remembered more and more as I was playing. It was like little things. Oh, like, yeah. The first time I went to the library, there's a book. It's like, oh, you can't read this right now. I'm like, oh, I need the magnifying glass. I need the magnifying right. glass. Yeah, there's the there's the book. You wouldn't have had that because you didn't have the color version. The book that's on top of the bookshelf yes. that you need to dash into the bookshelf with the Pegasus boots to knock it off. And that tells you uh, the sequence of gravestones that you need to open to get to the color dungeon. So, it's funny you say that because I had forgotten that until you just said this now. And I remember running into the bookshelf and be like, there was a reason I did this and I couldn't remember. <laughs> 
remember why. Why am I running into the bookshelf? Well, I, I was looking. I, I was like, be. is something supposed to? I thought a seashell or something was going to show up, and I couldn't remember why. But it's because it wasn't there in my version. Oh, of the game. That's, that's hilarious. Amazing. This is why some of it, you know, I couldn't really stream from a handheld device. Yeah. Uh, but I literally was like, there, there's some reason where you run into a bookshelf. <laughs> God, I would have loved to see that on stream of you just trying to figure out what's happening. Having a memory and having no reason for that, like, yeah. no understanding of what that memory meant in that moment. So that, but it was stuff like that. It was like, I'd remember things without really remembering what it meant. It was like, I know there's something else I need here. I know there's another step. I just wouldn't always remember why. So yeah. there, for example, it was like, you fall, there are certain like staircases you can find that go into the ground and it's this weird dungeon thing that if you throw magic powder on it it grants yes. you more magic powder more bombs more arrows there's i think three or four throughout the world uh um, yes yeah, those it's those three yeah the little demons come up yeah and i remember the first time i went in there i was like god i'm supposed to do something here and i was like i put a bomb on top of it <laughs> i like, yeah took me a minute, and then i did the magic powder i was like right that's what i that wanted one. to do but i knew i had to do something i was like there's something i need to actively do and part of that is yeah. playing enough video games but it really was a memory of like there's something i need to do here i loved when you you woke him up and he was like now i'm gonna punish you by giving you more bombs yeah. look at all that junk you have to carry yeah, you have to ha -ha. carry more things ha -ha -ha. <laughs> and i was like yes yes give more yeah i mean all, all of this stuff came back to me i'd forgotten about like the crane game mm -hmm. which they change in the it's slightly different in in the remake oh really um it's just how it's mechanized and you could lose stuff after you pick it up it can like bounce out jerks yeah which was really obnoxious i guess we should really quick go over the differences between the switch and the, the original. and the the original uh we talked about the Extra key binding items. yeah yes. that's that's a big deal you could add markers to maps which what? was incredibly useful because oh. you could do things i you know mark treasure and heart pieces that you found but couldn't necessarily get oh yet oh my god i totally missed out on a seashell because of that because i didn't yeah. go back oh you're the worst that was and and what you found that the dungeon maps and i didn't remember how bad the original ones are the dungeon maps are incredibly more detailed check our social media from a couple weeks ago now yeah i have a post about it and it's very blurry because i, I screenshots are terrible for me apparently but <laughs> The Zelda, the modern uh, remake, had so many details on the map. Like, you could yeah. see what was in the room. Yeah. So you could determine it versus it was just a square for me yeah. in my version. It, and so I was like, there's so many It would have a dot in it if there was a treasure, maybe? No, not even. You oh, would just, really? When you walked into a room, if you had gotten the compass, right. it would chime for you. And that's it. Mm. And so... The fact that, like, there were certain times when there were puzzles, you had to go back to a certain room to do that puzzle. And I couldn't, I'd have to wander half the freaking dungeon to find <laughs> that room again because I couldn't always remember. And you would have just been able to look at your map and be like, it's that room. Right it's there. this one. Jerk. Yep. <laughs> the struggles. Uh, I, I believe it. It was. But it's funny because like... until I saw you doing it, and I was like, what is that map? I didn't realize, like, it was just what I was used to. Yeah. It's like, this is just the map. This is all you have. The producer Lisa is out of the room, so I can say it, that, that they were very much quality of life improvements that really 
really, they didn't really make the game easier, per se. Like, the key bindings might have a little bit, but it was just, just made the game better to play. Smoother. They, yeah, they added uh, things like... Uh, you could see where you got on the on the world map. It would show you where you got heart pieces and secret seashells, so you could figure out where you've already been. And that's oh. how I got a lot of the a lot of the secret seashells uh, after I started looking for them in earnest. Because it's like, where haven't I gone? Just and, the worst. Because there were so yeah. many that I was like, I know there's one here. Have I gotten this one yet or not? Yeah. Oh, you just... Because even, even trying to use guides, because I did use guides to get the last couple, so I had enough to get the final sword. Right. Uh, I would have to... I'd look through them and I'm like, I think I got the one in this location, but I have to double check because I can't entirely remember. Oh, that's, that's I mean, in theory, if you knew what you were doing on that stuff, you would just make a map, I guess. Which is, you know, what I talk about. But I'm not you. I'm not that. (laughs) That's too much Uh, effort. It's it's fair. It it added a screen where you could reread all of the things the owl had said, and like reread what the um what the the clues were after you got an instrument. It'll be like go to the desert or something like that. In the original game, if you went to the square where the owl landed, it would still repeat like on the map, you could actually repeat it would actually repeat the owl phrase. And same with the messages in the temples. If you went to the temple, it would actually give you that. So Okay. It was you had to know where the owl was because sometimes the owl didn't land right outside the dungeon, so you'd have to like click until you got it. But a little icon because it'd have a zoom in of what's in that space if it was something interesting like a dungeon. And so if it was an owl icon you could click it and it would repeat what the owl had said but only in your map not in the library map yeah well the library map was just like an atlas yes that just showed like the overall with the names of everything i used it a lot genuinely defined stuff that's fair because i didn't know i was they're like go to the desert i'm like where's the desert i think oh god going that so that was one part that took me like 20 or 30 minutes i could not get to that part of the map and it was because the the passageway to like across the river or whatever mm-hmm. was you had to hit a bush and there was a passageway underneath the bush yes that took me forever everything See, else was pretty smooth i, I did not i remembered pretty much everything else but that That's gave funny. me trouble so it was it was yeah there was a lot of things that they've improved in the remake but playing the original it really it still felt very smooth even though i was missing the color and clearly remembered things i didn't it helped a lot to remember the yeah. stuff and the thing is in all zelda games music is really important because you have your ocarina it is a essential oh, yeah. part of zelda games um in this game you had three different songs you could learn you had the song of the, the ballad of the Windfish. Mm-hmm. which awoke in the windfish and that's what all the instruments played and yep. each instrument actually had a a, a different melody it would play yeah. when you earned it which was really fun uh and then there was the frog song which brought things back to life yep and that which is how you got the dead rooster back to life because that's yep. the thing and, and how you f- opened up i think the eighth dungeon Yes, because you needed to like go through like the the graveyards or something. It well, it was so like weird. the big stone. Yes, turtle. you're right. It was the stone turtle. You had to wake in the stone dead, mm-hmm. dead stone turtle, not dead, but not alive. I think yes. that's what the wording was. 
And then the fish song. The best brought, song. Which brought you back to the witch's hut. Uh, so it 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 brought you right by the witch's hut in yeah. my game. And so I always liked to do that. A, because it got you close to the village. It just kind of teleported you. But B, then I could get the uh, potion she had that would revive my hearts after I right. died. Because I um, didn't have fairies and jars in this game for me. You did. That, that was another thing they added, jars. In fairness, I only found one, and I don't think I ever actually used it. You never caught a fairy? I caught one fairy, but I never needed to. Oh, no, uh, I let it out once. I never used the potion. Oh, I actually, I, I only died once. Uh, aren't you cool? And that was, I know. Well, so, okay, so. I think I, I died, like, twice, to be fair, so. Yeah, yeah, like. Oh, that's another big difference between that I was reading about, and I'm glad that I'm not crazy. Um, they nerfed the fire wand and the boomerang. In the boomerang, version? yeah, the boomerang used to be like a one hit kill, and yeah. the fire wand used to be a yes. one hit kill. I'm glad I'm not crazy because I think I said that I said that in the rose, where I was like the fire wand would just obliterate things, yeah, and then I was playing it again. Things. I was like. Why does it take two hits with the fire wand? Oh, why would they do that? I know. Why it's like you get it at them? the end of the game. Like, you might as well make it OP. Yeah, and it obviously doesn't work on bosses, so why not? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I struggled. That was the only puzzle the whole game that I actually <laughs> needed producer Kyle. And I was like, please just tell me what I'm missing here. And it was the ice puzzle to get to the final room of that dungeon to fight the boss yeah. and for whatever reason my brain was not seeing how to shoot the stupid fire wand so i don't die and i it made me very angry it was the only time i had to ask producer kyle to look something up so i a i didn't want to see any spoilers myself so i was like please just what am i missing here and he's like you need to do this i'm like right got it From it's, it's a fire. very specific sequence of exactly of okay. what to melt to be able to leave you enough to get through because oh that's another God. thing I forgot about was the little 2D segments. The 2D segments were so fun. That's where they the were Goombas so showed cool. Up. That's yeah, where the Goombas showed up, and it was just so so clever. Yeah, you, so in case you've never played this game, it goes from like isometric top down to like a 2D side scroller. Mm-hmm. And there's Goombas, and, and you and you you see this plants. right away because yeah, piranha plants, because you get the 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 jumping feather, yes. which I called a flower, I think, in in the rose segment. But yeah, that's you need that to get around, obviously, among other things like certain ones you need a hook shot or right. or the, the fire wand. Yeah, so that was a that was a neat little aside. It was. It was. I love that it just there were a lot of moments in this game where they had like mini games essentially throughout the game mm-hmm. that actually became it was the first time that any Zelda game had really done these sort of mini games and they became a standard of Zelda games. So there's a fishing mini game in this yep. game and they added that to the Ocarina of Time because of how popular it was in Link's Awakening yeah. and that it became a standard that Link can fish. And it's just <laughs> it's funny those like little kind of things that this game established in the universe, even though it mm-hmm. is a, you know, you not, typically... Yeah, say, even if it's not in the universe. Yeah, and you typically think of portable games of, like, the, oh, they're money grabs, they're just putting a title on this game. And that just really, for Zelda in particular, that was not the case. And this pretty, no. it was the, the, this is what established it, because it was the yeah. first time they did it, and it was such a great standalone game. It was, it you know, because they established things for the whole Zelda universe because of that. Because... Yeah. 
you know, you had it, these it established the fetch quests. Yes, you had the the trading fetch quests of go get this item and give it to this person who's going to get this item who's going to trade it for this item, and that's how you got certain things you needed to get them. I forget for which dungeon you needed to basically do the whole thing. It was well halfway through it. You needed the bananas to give the monkey, yes, who could build you a bridge so you could get into the castle yes, to get yes, um, yes, yes. The, the whatever the French leaves, guy the golden leaves, yeah the five golden leaves so that he would let you into his maze so you could get something else like this is something, how this game the key worked. for the dungeon i think yes the key for the, yeah. the face dungeon yes. whatever dungeon that was uh, but that's how this game worked and you just you had these fetch quests that you did these became again standards of zelda that really started with this game by the way there's a great quote from from part of the fetch quest where you give tarin a stick and he knocks down a honeycomb and gets chased away by bees. And you pick up the honeycomb to give to someone yeah. else. And the quote's like, your stick turned into a honeycomb. You're not really sure how, but you'll take it. Yeah. I love that there was the moments of like, there was something else you traded. And I think you traded something, a bit, uh, I, a banana for a can. Oh, no, a canned food for a banana or something. And then, yeah. oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm one step. It was you traded a bow for a can of dog food. Yes. And it's like, I guess this is a good thing. And I was like <laughs> so confused. And the, the humor in the game was really funny. The, again, the honeycomb was another one. When I saw it on the tree, I was like, I need to get that down. Yeah. And I tried to do the run at the tree with the the boots being like, can I knock oh, it down? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I know I need that honeycomb. Oh, they added apples. That was another thing they added. What? If you run into certain trees, different apples fall down that give you hearts. Is that a thing that was in? No, I have no idea what huh. that I don't remember if that was... Again, because I wanted to play on the Game Boy, but my Game Boy stopped working, apparently. So You also really like the Switch version, because it's pretty. Well, yeah, it it was gorgeous. Like It's a fun... The 3D... The, it's very cutesy still, yes. which is appropriate for the style, but... It's a, it's a fun rendition. It looks um, good. It it was infinite side scrolling as opposed to the how it like loads every and obviously it's got more processing. Yeah, a lot um, more processing. Yeah, it's got updated music, which sounds amazing. I mean, it's again, got... <laughs> music is such a huge part of Zelda. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and it, I love the music in these games and sounds too. Right, like yeah. this is you know you you smack your sword against the wall, and if it makes a different noise. You could blow it up for a secret passage. Yeah, so I would be playing this game just like hanging out in bed or hanging out in the yeah. couch with producer Kyle, and I'd mostly have it on quiet, relatively low volume so right. I didn't disturb him. And so I'd be like, hold on, and I'd have to turn the volume way up. I'm like, I need to poke the wall for a second. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 trying to find that one piece of wall that had a different sound. And it's little things like that that are so important, but you, as soon as you hear the sound of the, the hollow wall, yeah. Anyone who's played these games for you, like, that's it. That's the hollow wall. Let's do it. I need it made me laugh because the updated the updated pot throwing noise mm -hmm. was like that super stereotypical pot smashing sound effect ah. that you hear everywhere. It like almost pulled me out of the like, you know, it's it's a handheld game. So There's not a ton of yeah. immersion, but it's just like every time I heard that I was like, Bleh. it's that noise. So another funny thing that I had to do, even though I didn't need to do it is in this game, you can steal from the shop owner. Yes. 
Yes, and, you can. And so what you do is you grab something from a shelf, you circle around him till he's facing the wrong way, and you go out the door and you've stolen it. And it's like, you literally walk out and the, the it's like, you've it just stolen that It shames you item. immediately. Are yeah. you proud of yourself? <laughs> and if you ever go back in the store, he insta-kills you. Yep. Insta-kills you, no choice, everything dead. But the best part of that is if you didn't save before that and you save afterwards, mm-hmm. you are no longer whatever name you inputted into the system. Every single person in the game, including the owl and the windfish, call you thief. <laughs> yes. Your they name permanently is change your name you to thief. You can't change it back. You are thief <laughs> the rest of the game. And so it's great because I did it because, of course. Yeah. And Marin was like, oh, thief. I never thought I'd meet someone from off the island. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I've ruined everything. By the way, it also auto saves when you die. So oh, like, oh, du- oh, that's true. Because it's, yes. retur- it's either return to the main menu or mm-hmm. save gate. Like, yeah, you don't have a choice. Yeah. So, yup, yep, don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, I had to because I remember doing it. Even though I had, yeah. I was gonna get enough rupees soon enough for the bow. The bow was like 980 rupees when you only have 999 that you can hold. Yeah, so it, it was a pretty penny. Can you hold more? Yes. Son of a I was going to say, another quality of life upgrade on on the no. Switch version. And I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, you can hold more than 999 because yeah. it was so annoying late it, in the game. It was so annoying because there's nothing to buy late in the game, especially yeah. if you bought if you stole the, the bow. Yeah. There's nothing expensive to buy. And so you'll be in a dungeon and you'll get like, You'll open a chest and it'll be like, you found 50 rupees. Amazing. Yay. And I'm like, cool. I have. I can't do no anything with this. <laughs> I mean, you don't need them because there's nothing to buy, but it's more on principle. They That was another thing they added to, to. They added a money sink. They had like this little mini game where it was like dungeon designing. Oh, fun. Where it's, yeah, I never did it because it, I didn't care. Like, I, 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 I randomly played, kept playing the crane game just to waste money. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I would do or the, fishing. Or fishing. I would shoot one arrow and then buy oh, ten buy, more. Yeah. <laughs> was, just, so you can, arrow, just so you can have that dopamine rush of getting more rupees. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Even though you could... You, because you couldn't buy it if you were full. Because if you try to buy right. something, it's full. He's like, "What are you dumb?" Like, he yeah. calls <laughs> the shopkeeper was mean. Yeah. Oh, another part of the fetch quest that was weird. You can we talk about how something I didn't even well, it, it wasn't even a term. It was probably something else that that whatever the goat's name is in the animal village is catfishing Mister Wright. Oh yeah, with uh, <laughs> pi- a picture of Peach. Yeah, <laughs> you Christine. have to take a, a letter from from this goat to a guy, and it's like, oh, look at her picture, and it's like a picture of Peach, and it's like, oh, all right. Well, the best part is you hand that's part of the fetch quest. You hand the letter to him. Yeah. You get he's like, oh, she sounds wonderful. What is her picture? Oh, she's lovely. I can't imagine <laughs> such a beautiful woman writing such beautiful prose. I'm in love with her. Basically, implying he only likes her because of her picture, and literally the narrator. Because that's basically what happened. The narrator is like, yeah. but that's uh, not the, I'll just let that go. And it was just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah, she catfishes him. 
It's fine. <laughs> the, the the animals love Marin, so you have to bring you have to escort. There is escort mission in this game. So you have to escort her to sort the animal of. village. She can't. She doesn't. She can't die though. True. The best part is when you fall in a hole and she's following you, and then she just stands there and is like, "Well, he's gone." Until you reappear, and then she'll teleport to where you are. I love when when she starts following you. Link holds her up. Yes. Like when you get an Dee-dee-dee. item, it's like you've got Marin. <laughs> Which is amazing. And she like comments like if you that actually got really annoying when you're trying to go around if you're hitting a bunch of bushes. She's like, yes, cut it, cut it, cut oh, it. Oh no, like, I don't Will remember. You I don't think up? I tried that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a thing that was in the old game too. No, I it's believe like, I totally yeah, it's like burn it, burn it down. <laughs> It's like, what is happening? She's aggressive. <laughs> she was super, because it was in, like, all caps. Burn it. No. <laughs> I mean, as always, Link terrorizes this village, because you well, go in, yeah. you wreck everything. There's also, so the way the game built in hints is that there are these telephone booths that are, like, in trees. Uh-huh. There are these trees that have a telephone on it. Yeah. And you go in, and there's, I forget what his name is. But he he talks to you and he gives you a hint of basically the next thing you need to the game, which again for games like this are great for young children. Oh, yeah. Because if you're not sure what the next step is, he's like, You should probably do this. Or, hey, the desert's to the south. You should head south. Like it's really helpful. The yeah. funny thing is he lived in the village. But if you went to his house and tried to talk to him, he couldn't talk to you because he's shy and so he's, he's only shy. talking on the phone. <laughs> you Yulia? I you, oh yeah. Eulalia. That's why I don't remember it. It's a hard name. Oh no, Eulalia! And we're real good names here. Eulalia is like the war cry in um, Redwall for oh, for Salamandastron, just so we can nerd in a different direction. Yeah. So again, little things like that. Just the humor in this game. The they want you to explore as much as possible and talk to people, and you get little fun things like that. Uh, and it's amazing. Like part of the trade quest, there's you need to give a broom to a woman. Because uh, her broom disappears. And if you had talked to her before, she's like, sweep, sweep, sweep. It's the best feeling to sweep. And so that's why when you see her without a broom, you know to yeah. get her one. So overall, just a really solid feeling game, even without the uh, quality of life features that Chris had. It's a really oh, yeah. solid game. So I want to talk about the bosses, since I think those are really, really... I mean, they're, they're an important part of the game. I think they call them nightmares. They which, are, you know, with too. The whole, yeah, dream the, the dreaming They are the thing. nightmares. And some of them are kind of throwbacks to to Earlier link to games. the link to yeah link to the past. Which again, I'm doing these things, and I was like, "Boy, link to the past stole a whole lot of these ideas." Turns out I was completely wrong. Which is it's it's supposed to be the hint to people who actually yeah. know link to the past came first that this is part of link stream as well. Just throw that little dig in there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna throw that. Dig in there. <laughs> uh, it is it's part of the things that are similar to the yeah. fact that Marin looks similar to Zelda. The mm-hmm. fact that the, some of these nightmares look very similar to the, 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 the bosses that Link had already fought. Yeah. The first is, one was like, especially the, the boss straight out of Link to the past. Right. Uh, one of the forms of the final boss inside the windfish was pretty much the wizard. in oh, the first yes. act of Link to the past. Yes, yes, yes. But they had a whole bunch of different ones. Like they, they had a genie in a bottle, and like the only way you could beat him was you had to pick up the bottle after you knocked him back in and throw it against the wall. Mm-hmm. I thought there was there was some interesting parts too, where it's like 
the the slime monster that you had to like dash into the middle of to break up. Oh my god, that took forever because <laughs> I kept missing, and as soon as you miss, like yeah, one if you of them, get it off, starts it, it starts. And I'm like, no, that speed was dash, a tough speed boss. Dash, speed dash. But like, you couldn't even get him down until you dashed into the wall. Nope. Oh, yeah. And you had so he would just like drop little blobs on you. And you, you wouldn't come down until you ran into the wall. So to be fair, there I was, knew that right away. I was like, right to the I, wall. I did too. <laughs> Fortunately, that was that that didn't take that long. And they, they had many bosses in every dungeon. Mm-hmm. They would typically spawn like a, a portal back to the front. So. Are you going to talk about the same one that I hate? Or they had some that were kind of in the other games. Those bomb mini bosses where you had to throw them bombs so they would eat them and blow oh, up. Oh, God, I hated those. They were terrible because, again, bombs are finite. So, like, if you messed up, you had to leave. And 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 you had to either put it in front of them so they walked, they they crawled into yeah. them and it went in their mouth, or you had to throw it exactly right, and I always missed, and I always wasted yeah. a bunch of bombs. So once you beat a mini-boss, you would get mm-hmm. a portal to the, the start of the dungeon, so it was like yeah. a mini-save point, kind of, basically, so you could yeah. skip ahead. If you stayed in the dungeon, they did not respawn. Yes. Just like the other monsters. If you left the dungeon, it would respawn, of course. Uh, even then, the mini-boss, I don't think, respawned if you beat it and left the dungeon. Correct. In the final dungeon, not the egg, but the fi- the last dungeon you go yeah. through. Tur- Turtle Rock or whatever. All of the mini-bosses of the previous dungeons show yeah. up just randomly. Yeah. And they respawned. Which was oh I don't know if brutal. I noticed that oh that's that like they didn't like respond right away but like I went there's the yeah. one that you have to the blob that has the like the ball that it throws at you and you have to throw it and hit it that was um, an adorable mini boss it was adorable when you have to fight it like fifteen <laughs> I, <yeah>. times it's <laughs> really freaking annoying because I'd miss it sometimes it just, yeah oh my god just die um. <laughs> There was there was the one where you have to fight the skeleton like four times. Oh yes, because he he steals the hook shot from you. Yes, you, like you find the big chest and there's like a note inside that's like I got it, ha ha. So it was really clever too because you could encounter some of his boss rooms before he was there. Uh, yes, you had to fight him four times, and so there would be in the corners there'd be the number of like blocks in each. Yeah, corner the sequence. Of, the sequence, and so you'd go through like the third room first, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Well, there's nothing here," but you see three blocks there, and then you get to a later room, and there's only one, and he appears, and you're like, "Right, I get mm. where this is going." And I thought that was really clever. I remember that taking me forever on the Game Boy version, trying to figure out and remember which room. I had yes. to go back to. Again, because the maps don't help you. Yes. DS or the uh, the Switch version. I could just look and that was much easier. <laughs> so not fair. <laughs> I wandered I, so many dungeons oh, trying to figure I, but, stuff out. The Magic Wand dungeon. The last, one. the last one. You need, yeah. And this is why I had to fight that stupid mini boss like 15 times. Because you needed to find the Magic Wand and I could not find the right sequence so many times. Like, I wandered that dungeon because I just didn't go oh, down the exact yeah. right path. That one took me a while, too. I repeated so many rooms because I didn't know where I was going and what I was yeah. doing. Oh, God, it was so awful. That's the oh. one where you, like, have the little tool where you make your own path. Yes. 
And so, like, if you mess it up, you have to practically go back to the beginning, like, circle around back to the beginning of that section. So brutal at times. Uh, I really liked the mechanic in the, the seventh dungeon, the Eagle's Tower, where you had to get the ball around and throw it into the yes. columns. So, like, the and that was another thing. I don't know if this was, I don't think this was in the old one. It showed where the ball was on the map. So if you, like, got lost... So luckily I didn't lose the ball, but screw you, I definitely didn't have that. <laughs> because I kept falling into holes and having to go back yeah. and find it again. I yeah. where it was. But one time I accidentally got it caught in an area I couldn't get it back from. Oh, no. It was stuck on bricks that you couldn't move, and so I couldn't pick it up off that, and so I had to reset the dungeon. I was like, no. Ugh. Why? But that is, again, that is a fun really clever mechanic yeah. you had to carry this ball around and find ways because there are certain ways you had to kind of purposely throw it somewhere you couldn't get to yet right and then get to it to take and out circle these, around yeah these columns it was really fun and that was so i feel like there was nothing like it in in the other games mm -hmm. I, moving forward obviously that's a it's another kind of staple is just moving like just the dungeon yeah. puzzle solving in general i the other thing about the bosses I found really interesting is they did try to use as many different techniques as possible throughout the game. So not only did mm -hmm. you use, obviously, the weapon that you got normally in that dungeon, but it's things like, for example, that Eagle's Tower. It was a 2D side boss. So yeah. you, were on the you were on the top of the tower and it would fly at you from the sides. It wasn't the isometric look. It was from right. 2D. And it's things like that. Or the there was one the hookshot boss that he would come out of the wall and you had to hookshot. Yeah, that was out, really cool. You know, hit his neck where the heart hit his was. neck as he's yeah going back in. And it, they, they really tried to make each boss have these really different mechanics to beat them. Even if it's just hit them in their weak point, finding that weak point or right. differentiating that took time. Yeah. I will note Zelda does not follow the rule of three. <laughs> no. So no, that got really annoying, too. That was another one. I was like, how many times do I have to hit this? Oh, my God. The eagle come in particular. On. I was like, just die. Uh, I thought I was doing it wrong. That's another one. I was like, am I, do am I missing oh, the yeah. mechanic? Because I'm hitting it and nothing's happening. I, I will say it got, like, it got kind of easy towards the end once you get, like, all of the heart pieces. And if you're playing the color version, the color vest... And the upgraded sword, and the magic medicine, like yeah. But they—that's kind of the point of the game. So another interesting part, though, that I did remember because I talked about it a little bit ago about in the library. There's the one book you need the magnifying glass for. Mm -hmm. You could completely miss that and never go back to that book. The yeah, we'll, we'll kind of hint at it eventually, I think. But you could completely miss it. What that book tells you is the <laughs> path you need to take in the egg so yes. you actually get to the boss. <laughs> and it's just random, like up, up, left, right, down, yeah. up. It is random. And I remembered that. And I specifically, you and I talked about it. And I was yeah. like, I looked at the book. You're like, did you write? I'm like, yes. And I pulled out my yes. notebook where I had physically written down the code. As soon as I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I know what this is for. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't tell you, but you're, they're like the secret of the egg. And it was just a bunch yeah. of arrows. And I was like writing it down. I remember this. <laughs> but it's funny because like 
that is again a memory of like as soon as I was like I know I need this book and as soon as I read the book I'm like this is what it's for I don't even know yet but I know it's for the yeah. egg and it it simplifies things and that's like another not even a Zelda thing it's not uncommon for Nintendo to have those kind of four pathways you have to go in the exact pathway mm-hmm. to get to where you want Mario RPG though the woods had this you had to yeah, go the in forest a maze order the forest maze. Wait till we get to a point-to-click adventure, and then it'll be significantly oh. less fun. <laughs> so we, we unsurprisingly, have been gushing quite a bit about this game, even if there's the hard parts. I think we enjoyed the hard parts. It's kind Oh, of, yeah. That's the kind of it's... game it is. So I think I know where we're going with this, but Chris, what's your final score for this game? I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I love this game. It's just as fun as I remember. The only thing keeping it from being a nine and a half or a ten is that it's it's not a very long game. It's a fairly short game, and it does get a little easy, but it's only easy because you get all of the hearts. So like, you know, yeah, like nine nine out of ten. The, the additions that they made for the Switch version were great. It it makes it more approachable, I think, for other people as well. But I, I still love it. Uh, I'm probably going to play it again at some point. What about you? What's your final score? I will say that matches both your Rose and predicted score. Was that 9 out of 10? Nice. And I have to agree with you. It's a 9 out of 10. It's yeah. just, even though I didn't have all the the you know, extra features you had on your version, which makes me almost want to go and download the new version and, and see mm-hmm. the differences. It's absolutely worth it. It's just, it was so much fun and it was so, yes, nostalgia plays a part of it, but genuinely, I think even playing clean, I would have enjoyed this game. If you love Zelda yeah. games, you're going to love this game. It is a classic. It is so quintessential Zelda. Yeah. And it really, it does it well. It, you a lot of people think that handheld games are like the redheaded stepchild of console games and this game isn't the case it is it is right in line with the console games of zelda it is just as important it is just as influential as those other games were to the genre and to the yeah. series itself and i loved it and you could see it in every part of this game we had so much fun playing it i'm definitely going to play it again even if it's just on my handheld maybe on the switch version I just, I love playing it. It is just, it was so much fun. It was the first Zelda game we ever played. That we, we played, that. To, yeah, t- together. Or not and together, but like totally. In, yeah. In general. And I think it started our love of Zelda. Yeah. And rightfully so. It was not a mistake to fall in love with the series because of this game. Uh, so it has to be a nine out of 10. So there you have it. If you haven't played it, go play it. There's the Switch version. If you can get your hands on the Game & Watch, it is three games in one. Like I said, it's the original Zelda, Zelda 2, and uh, Link's Awakening. That It's a really cute little, especially if you're a big Zelda fan, it's a cute little thing to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, there's a lot of different versions out there. I think the, the virtual store has a version as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Get the game, play it. It's so much fun. So there you have it. We got uh, nine, nine, and a nine for me. That would be the rose predicted and final, and you were a nine and eight and a nine. I was too cynical. So, yeah, you were. Was... It was still so much fun. <laughs> Even if I, in theory, played a downgraded version than the play the version we played as kids, <laughs> right. I still really loved this game. So go out and play it. And maybe play our next game as well so you can join us when we're playing our next game. Chris, what is the next game we're covering? 
It's going to be Mega Man! All Insert version and post. <laughs> Not even. All of them. All, All of, of them? the Mega Man. I don't know if that's going to happen. Those are, those are we're going from a game that was approachable and fairly easy to an absolute crusher <laughs> of a game that is Mega Man. So we're going to try to play the earlier games. Uh, we're not sure exactly which version, because we don't know what version we played as kids. I think 2 is the version that we played. That's what we're going to go with. 1 or 2. The first Mega Man game is what we're going for. Okay. Because that's where Cutman is. Very good. So, join us for Mega Man in our next episode. Otherwise, again, we hope everyone had a lovely holidays, a happy new year, and... Check us out on Twitch. That's GWGW Show on Twitch, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. Come say hi, interact with us. We'll say hi back. We're mostly nice people. Twitch is a good place to check out how games are going and kind of get an insight to how we feel before the next episode. You get to see how angry I get because that's what happens on Twitch a lot. It's going to happen for the next episode, too. Big thanks to our producers for keeping us on the level. Huge thanks to the fans, the listeners, the viewers. We couldn't do it without you. Love talking to you guys. Love hearing your feedback. Thank you so much. Yeah, more of that. We'd love to hear from more of you all the time. It's awesome. Honestly, it means the world to us that you listen and interact with us. So thank you for that. And uh, really appreciate starting this new year with you all. So it's uh let, let's do 2022 right guys yay yay so say goodbye chris goodbye chris oh crap bye all right u-l-r-i-r-a yolira <laughs> doesn't matter because i don't have to say it other than just now